Well, good morning out there. This is September 25th, 2023, here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. And this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that anything is possible because we serve a God that does the impossible. This is the day that Jesus turns it around and whatever situation you're facing, whatever trial you're going through, whatever heartache you have, I'm telling you, he has always been more enough. He is more than enough and he will always be more than enough. All you must do is cry out to him today. And it says in the word that cry out to their God. And then he raised up a deliverer. That's what everybody was talking about. Um, who, Which deliverer was that? Which judge was it? They cried out to God and he raised him up to be delivered during that time. Was it Samson? I don't think it was Samson. It was the left hand. Jehu. Jehu. No, no, it wasn't Jehu. It was Ehud. Ehud. Thank you. I just preached a sermon two weeks ago. I can't remember who it was. Ehud. Um, and so, but once they cried out to him, they raised, he raised up a deliverer. Amen. Well, how are you all doing on this beautiful Monday morning? I'm, I'm doing fine. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. He's got his Cubs hats on. Mm-hmm. See, as long as they win one time every hundred years, he's happy. I know it. We're trying to make the playoffs, but I don't know. I got a week. We got a week to go. Well, what do you have to do? do you have, how many games do you have to win this week? We're we have a the last wild card spot barely, but we also play the two top two teams in the league for the remainder of the season. So, and if you lose, do you get out? It just depends on the other guys too. Miami, I think. Is, so, are you praying hard? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm interceding. Are you intercession? Are you? Yeah. Do you want to come to Saturday night prayer meeting with us and pray about your Cubs? Um, I may need to. We'll see how things go. On. Hannah has a Tuesday Sunday's morning prayer meeting. Sunday's the last day of the season, so I'll know by Saturday night whether I need to intercede or not. So it's a little late. So do we need to call like a prayer vigil? Maybe so. <laughs> we. Uh, we have a knack for snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory. Oh, <laughs> when did that start? <laughs> many, many, many years ago. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, Miss Hannah, how are you doing? Doing good. Amen. And Miss Gretchen, how are you doing? I'm doing well too. Amen. Well, it's going to be a beautiful day. Partly cloudy, high of 84 and a low of 56. It's going to be pretty. But you know, I think we could do with some rain at this point. It is pretty dry out there. Um, it rained a little bit. Did it really? Yeah, just mm-hmm. a little bit. Just a little bit. When did that happen? I got an alert last night about, is I think it was 11, around 11. I didn't get up to check to see if it was yeah. going to rain, but uh, but then this morning my my car was all wet. I didn't pay attention. Had a drop. I had to use the windshield wipers. <laughs> well, that's the first time they've been used in a little while. So, had, <laughs> Amen. You know, we haven't had a good storm for a little while. There's nothing like sleeping to a good storm. Just... No, like nodding your head off whenever it's thundering and a good solid rain on the roof. It's to me that is sleeping weather right there. All right. Well, if you want to engage with the broadcast this morning, you can engage by 270-230-6337. That's my text number. Or you can call the station at 270-257-0726. We love to answer your Bible questions and get involved in whatever you want us to learn. I mean, whatever you're learning about or you ever need questions about a a Bible question, a situation going on, whatever it looks like, we are here to help the best we can. It don't have to be necessarily just a Bible question. We get answers about other things, too, pertaining to our Christian walk and maybe how we should handle a situation or um, what would be your biblical counsel for this area. And so um, we're always happy to do that as well. We just want to be here for the body of Christ to see 
um, us grow together in unity and um, just believe in God for radical things in the kingdom of God. And I know the the enemy is on a rampage right now, but the body of Christ is arising. Um, it's that time of the year where Halloween is approaching, and this time of the year I always see the uptick. And um, it used to not bother me, to be honest with you. Like Halloween didn't bother me, but the the closer I get to him, the worse it does. Um, and we are we're really seeing a lot of things come about with this. Um, quote unquote innocent witch festival that's happening all over the place and people say it's just family fun it's family friends and um, unfortunately we even have churches endorsing this kind of stuff now too with the witch festivals and um, and I think we are opening doors that we need to be incredibly careful about mine is not condemnation it's trying to be an invitation to a better way and that we don't have to participate in things with the ungodly Mm -hmm. so we have no fellowship with the darkness Um, we are people of the light and as people of the light Darkness should not be something that we're known to fellowship, walk with, or be around. And so I see all, I I say this very respectfully and honorably as I can, because Peter tells me to honor everybody. But, um, you know, we had one lady who made a post about the Witch Festival for Marienburg on her Facebook page. And, you know, there was Christians on there being pretty critical of her. Like, how dare you or your judgment. There's nothing judgmental about saying we have no fellowship with the darkness. Mm -hmm. And so in this season that we're coming up here, I think we have to be in prayer as the body of Christ. We have to be on guard of the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, I think it's very I think it's very important to to be watchful and to be diligent and to be on the post and making sure that we don't let our guard down in a season like this, because. At the end of the day, our family's on the line, our family lineage on the line, and things get attached and spiritual things get attached. And um, it's it's really just time for us to stop patty caking stuff that the that the Lord hates um, and the fellowship of darkness. So I'm not trying to preach. I am going to say this and then I'll let Hannah do the announcements Um, this Wednesday night. I honestly didn't even plan to teach. I was going to let somebody else because of share thon and and I was going to hold the body um the armor of god off until after fall break and restart it but i started studying last night and i may to me i may have the most significant teaching yet in the spiritual warfare that i'm going to do this wednesday night and i I didn't plan on it but i'm going to do it and um i started studying last night because i know what the holy spirit showed me during the service so i started studying some stuff last night when i got home from dinner or lunch, and I never knew how much is in the scripture about witchcraft and what it is and how it operates and how we think it's some warty, big-nosed warlock out there waving a frog, and and really it's nothing like that. What I see in scripture and what I was, it was very um, enlightening last night when I really dove into it, and so, uh, and just how much it is, and um, for instant rebellion, but also, Miss Gretchen will always brings it up too. The um, stubbornness. stubbornness. <laughs> I mean, these things are associated with witchcraft in the scripture, and then pharmakeia and just what that means. And so, that's all I'm saying to that. And so, um, I, I don't know this. I'm I'm working hard on this, and to me, this might be uh, most personally impactful because I think that there's things swirling all the time, and it is in the scripture a lot, like. Until I did a personalized study of it, I never knew how much is in the Scripture. And so I just knew what I heard from the Holy Spirit yesterday morning. And um, 
And so I kind of dove into it on a intentional level last night, and it was it was mind blowing. So um, this Wednesday night is going to be a uh, I'm I'm working on it, but I didn't even plan to teach, but now I am because I feel like it's a significant teaching, and I don't say that lightly because you all probably never even heard me use that language about what I'm going to do. But I feel like Wednesday night's going to be very very relevatory in a lot of areas. So all right, <coughs> Hannah. Awesome. All right. Well, this is the week for the Sherathon. How is it already this week? I don't know, but <laughs> it's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, um, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Make sure to get the word out there. Share our post on Facebook, um, and we are just super excited. Um, we're our guest list is filling up too. We we have a few spots open, but uh, pretty excited for that, just to see all the people coming on and. Like Miss Gretchen called it, a family reunion. <laughs> um, and so, so we're just looking forward to that. Make sure you tune in Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. You don't want to miss it. Um, we ask for you to partner in prayer with us and just in faith as well. We're just believing for um, an awesome share and we're trusting the Lord for that. Um, so, again, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week, um, starting at 7 a.m., Ending at five, and then we also have the fundraiser still on here. It's getting getting close. It'll be this weekend now. The um, the fundraiser in Glasgow. Um, they're doing their um, bake sale for their missions program. They're raising um, funds for. <coughs> clothing shoes and the food items that will go out on their Christmas um, their Christmas fundraiser to these villages and uh, you can call 270-590-8117 to place orders for the bake sale or for the other food items that they have and that will be in the Southgate Shopping Center um, in Glasgow and that's on Rogers Wells Boulevard um, that'll be Saturday September 30th this coming weekend at 8 a.m. in Glasgow and who's doing this this is the Shepherd's House okay. Church yeah we've been <clears throat> we've kind of been more consistent with announcements like getting the same ones out there every day so <laughs> people remember them more but yeah that's the Shepherd's House Church again um, and then also th that same morning in Elizabethtown is the um, diaper run being put on by the Christian Motorcycle Association. Um, and they are doing that. They are asking for donations for diapers, wipes, or cash. Um, and that's 930 Eastern Time in Elizabethtown. The, um, the location is the Staples in Elizabethtown, and it's for Clarity Solutions. Um, and again, that's the Bikers for Christ Christian Motorcycle Association um, putting that together. And that'll be 930 Eastern Time in Elizabethtown. So lots going on this weekend um, and lots going on this week for the share -thon. And then again, we've talked about our um, chili cook-off. That's October 28th. And that starts at, I need to... Go ahead and get this added to the app so that we can uh, get it out there for you all. But it start the food starts at five that day. Yes, uh, yes. Um, and so that's going to be an awesome time. Going to have different things auctioned off here, and we're just going to be a great time of fellowship together and eating, as Aaron says. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a lot of different chilies to try, and we have an auction going on. It's just it's probably one of the 
favorite um, fundraisers, favorite events here at um, Bethel for the Rough River Youth Ranch. So come out, show your support for that, um, and that'll be again October 28th at 5 here at Bethel. All right, well, I think that's all of our announcements at the moment. We'll add more after the share Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we do have, I have a verse of the day and a quote for today. Unless you had one, Hannah. Not today. Okay. <laughs> Memory verse. Well, this is a verse, verse for the day. Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcome and am sit down with my father in his throne. I love that verse. Um which I think is basically saying within his kingdom, he, we're going to be able to sit down. Then quote of the day, um, it's a Derek Prince quote. Truth is not obtained cheaply. Cheaply, It demands much time given to prayer and study of the scriptures, followed by practical application in our daily lives. It must take priority over the many forms of cheap entertainment offered by our secular culture. It is a lifetime commitment. I love that. Again, truth is not obtained cheaply. It demands much time given to prayer and study of the scripture followed by practical application in our daily life. It must take priority over the many forms of cheap entertainment offered by a secular culture. It is a lifetime commitment. Amen. All righty. We are in the book of Hebrews. Um, definitely been enjoying this very much. Um, we are all the way down in verse 13 now. And... Um, <clears throat> Again, make sure you tune in with this Wednesday. It's going to be, we enjoy it so much. Um, you know, we raise funds, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called a share -thon. Um, But it, there's really just three full days of just a lot of great, great men and women of God coming on and being with us. Um, we're still filling up some guest spots and getting that done. But uh, we are very excited for what those three days hold because we know God always shows up in big ways on those three days. And you just never know what's going to happen. And as Hannah said about Miss Gretchen and all of us who say this, it's kind of like a family reunion. And we get to just kind of get together and eat and raise money. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good stuff. All right. Um, Hebrews chapter 1. I think we are down to verse 13. But to which of the angels said he at any time? So before he said to which of the angels had he called son. Now he's saying, to which of the angels said he at any time? Because we're still trying to establish the one theme opening up in the book of Hebrews, which is the supremacy of Christ. We're wanting to establish him as higher than the highest. And we, he is higher than the angels. We're establishing that. We are establishing that um, there is no greater than him, that he stands alone. Again, he created the earth. He created the blueprints. He was here before the pillars of the earth was here. He has always been, he's always will, and he always will be. And um, and so the writer of Hebrews is establishing just how great Christ is, how big Christ is, the supremacy of Christ. And the thing that he's using to show his supremacy is his, high, his, his superiority and highness over angels. And um, again, the more you get into it, the more you must see and come to the revelation that the Hebrews were pretty familiar with angels. Do you think that, Jason? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Because they do talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. Again, I mean, in the book of Colossians, they wrote a whole book to get them not to worship them. But now, do you feel, and I only ask this because I know that some people feel this, and so anybody want to comment on this, feel free. 
Some people wants to say these are not supernatural angels. These are messengers or preachers. I don't feel that's the case at all. No, I don't think so at all. I mean, I think that's just folks trying to, um, you know, avoid the supernatural. Yeah. Which is common. Um, yeah. A lot of people. If you don't understand something, then you try to avoid it. Yes. And that's what people do. Yeah. Um, I think that some people fall out of balance with the supernatural. Oh, yeah. And even in our spiritual warfare and our our um, deliverance stuff, we're trying to keep that balance. Because there is, um, Derek Prince says this. I, I've The more I listen to Derek Prince. Now, if you listen to Derek Prince, it's hard. Have you ever listened to Derek Prince? Arthur? I have not. No. He is an Englishman, and he is monotone to the fullest. Okay. I'm not for sure if I've ever heard him do excitement. Um, and I've listened to a lot of them now. It is the same voice mm-hmm. at all times. It's pretty impressive, actually. All right. I've never heard a fluctuation in his voice volume. It's just the same. But he said you can. He said one time. He said you cannot crucify a demon and cast out the flesh. And mm. I thought that was really good because there's some things that are demonic, and then there is some things that are flesh. And um, and I think that's where we need the discernment of the Holy Spirit, what we're dealing with and what's the problem. And is it spiritual? Is it fleshly? Is it what? And that way, because we must, the Bible commissions us to cast out demons, but also crucify the flesh. So we got to be careful. We're not trying to crucify a demon and casting out the flesh because that doesn't work. And so, but I do think that people's reaction to the supernatural, if they do not understand it, is to always try to explain it away. And it always falls through pretty hard eventually um, because you cannot avoid the supernatural. And and to be honest with you, I think that's one of the things for a draw in a generation with this stuff. And I don't mean to go back there really, but like with Halloween, with some of this other stuff, I think it is the supernatural appeal that draws a lot of generations. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why things like Twilight and Harry Potter and – vampire diaries and all that kind of stuff was a big deal for a younger generation and even myself because i think we're built to to be more in tune with the supernatural than we ever admit and when the church is providing nothing supernatural then the world will and a younger generation will seek that um now i don't think we should seek the supernatural like that's not our goal to seek the supernatural our goal is to seek jesus and when we seek jesus and do jesus's will on our life then supernatural things follow. But um, we have to be careful not to get caught up. And I think this is what we see some churches doing now. We're still in Hebrews because we're talking about angels. Um, Are we? Yeah. (laughs) I think what some churches are doing is they're trying to get so caught up in the spiritual without being grounded any word that they're almost coming what some, they're they're starting to enter into realms that are unhealthy. And um, we call that, the Bible calls it familiar spirits, the ESV, uses the word spiritualist, and uh, we're seeing that kind of stuff. And we see church people and Christians who are going to things like psychics and medians and all this, the stuff Bible strictly forbids. Mm -hmm. And it's all because I think they're searching for something supernatural because whether we like to admit or not, I think we are prone to it. I think there's something inside of us that, that itch to see it and experience something that's past what we just see. And we have to make sure as a church we're providing the right avenues for the glory of God and not allowing them to be sucked in by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils and medians and um, psychics and necromancing and all these other things. But Witch festivals. <laughs> there you go. See? Um, you know, we. I mean, 
people think it's innocent, but I think there's a lot of things that attach to us. Yeah. Uh, whenever you, I, I mean, I, I've heard Christians say, well, actually, I won't say what, but I knew one Christian who would say, I always, I always just wanted to go to the tarot card read it to see what it was like. I'm like, why? But then there's some churches now that are introducing Holy Ghost, quote, unquote, Holy Ghost tarot card readings. And we don't need to mimic what the enemy's doing. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't know about that. The enemy already mimics what God is doing. We don't need to mimic the mimic. <laughs> and so um, I don't see anywhere in scriptures where, where tarot cards were the way to do it or palm readings. Uh, yeah. There's one quote, unquote, person that's going around doing Holy Ghost palm readings. And... This is what I'm talking about. This is what happens when you have spirituality outside the Word of God. And this is why on Wednesday nights we devoted to be in the Word. And everything we do is based off the Word. But I think somewhere in this, so we can come back to Hebrews, um, somewhere in this there is angels that the Hebrews were very familiar with and somehow encountering seemingly more on a common basis than we do. And yet... You know, the way they're establishing Jesus' supremacy is that he's higher than the angels. But what he says in verse 14 here coming up is going to be, I think, very significant about this. But 13, if at any time, sit at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, has he ever, has he ever told another angel here, sit at my right hand and um, mm -hmm. make the enemies a footstool? He's saying, and we can say that without... No, he hasn't, because that stands and that rests for Jesus alone. Right. But then he goes and says this about angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of what? Salvation. Salvation. Now, I remember reading that one night, and the Lord really just kind of highlighting that for me, because he's talking about angels there. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation? Now, who's the heirs of salvation? Us. Me. Right. Me. <laughs> and so I think that Hebrews here is telling us that angels are literally here to minister to us. Yeah. And so I think that's... Now, we talked about this last week. We, we touched on it briefly. And a couple of things about angels... We never command them. We're not the commanders of angels. Now, even now, we'll pray like, God, will you send angels? Will you release angels to minister? Will you release angels to do this? Um, some things we see angels do in the scripture, and y'all can help me out anytime. Y'all, any cases y'all can remember, um, angels administered healing and strength to Jesus somehow in mm -hmm. the garden. Right. Um, angels deliver messages um, in in Revelation. It looks like angels are actually the ones that are breaking, I mean, dumping the bowls over or sounding the trumpets or releasing things. It's almost like they hold things, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. What's some other things that angels do in the scripture that you all can think of? I am drawing a blank myself. Really delivering mm -hmm. messages to people mm -hmm. when they need it, which I know sometimes when it, like, the angel of the Lord could be referencing mm -hmm. to Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Michael seemed uh, to be in battle, so maybe they're they're fighting <laughs> uh -huh. to, to a certain extent. Yeah, there does seem to be that that angelic or that uh, that uh, I guess supernatural warfare going on, mm -hmm. and the angels seem to be engaged in that quite often. 
it's always a serious matter. Like I've just never seen a an an instance of an angel just coming just to come spy on people. <laughs> you know, like it, it it's purposeful, <laughs> purposeful, yeah. and you know, very significant. Any a lot of times, angels. a lot of times, someone had to warn them to fear not. Mm-hmm. So they must look pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of times too, they had you know, do not worship me. Um, that was there too. Fear not, do not worship me. Um, because I do think there's probably something majestic about angels when you see one really. Um, now, I want to clarify, I don't think we're gonna, we should go around searching out angels. Um, still want to say we seek God and ask him to use whatever necessary to minister to the saints. And But right here in Hebrews 1.14, I think it is very clear that you know they are ministers ministering spirits sent out to minister to us because we are the heirs of salvation and uh over and over in the scripture we do we see angels breaking people out of prison um do you you know do you think that whenever stephen was stoned i know that he was kind of seen into the heaven and jesus was receiving him but do you think there was probably angels surrounding as well oh i'm sure yeah i i think they're just there a lot Mm -hmm. um and jacob says that you know, we entertain angels unaware. I was just looking up this verse where it said, I'm, I never can remember where it said. I know it's in Hebrews, but it says, uh, uh, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Yeah. Do you have the ability to do interlinear on that? Or what verse was that? I have it on my phone um, real fast. Uh, Hebrews Yep. Thirteen two. I want to read that. I want to see what that that word is in the Greek, entertain. I've always wanted to do that, so we're right here. Um, let's see here. It's kind of weird here. It's like it. There's two different occasions. Well, it's <clears throat> it's um uh, it's not just the one word. It's to entertain strangers. Is uh, the, the Greek word for that is hospitality. Hos- hospitalityness. <laughs> yep. Entertain strangers. Hospitality. Yeah. Yep. Um. So that we're showing hospi- hos- we're being hospitable to people, to strangers, because one of them may be an angel. Um, that actually answers a question that someone had for me the other day. I think they wanted us to tackle it on the broadcast, but mm-hmm. it was if it's biblical for people who have thought that they encountered an angel that was a seemed to be a person, the form of a person mm-hmm. that they met. Yeah, I think that I think it very well um, could be. I don't know how they I don't know how they appear, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't know if I do you think it could be literal, though? I mean, because uh, the verse before that is but we're getting a, we're getting from Hebrews one to chapter 13. <laughs> so it says, let brotherly love continue. And be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for bear thy some have entertained angels unawares. But uh, the entertain part means uh, to, uh, by implication, be strange. Uh, entertain, lodge, mm-hmm. or not to think it's strange. You know? So, uh, you know, I don't know. Is it, uh, of course, you know, Do you- you're not going to invite an angel to come in and sleep and here's something to drink eat and drink <laughs> yeah you know like but but maybe a stranger a person you know in need you might mm-hmm. would want to do that so yeah. i don't know i've always wanted to look into that verse a lot more mm-hmm. 
to see exactly how that That's plays out. You're going to have yeah. 12 chapters to do that. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I do know that there is tons of interaction with angels all throughout the Scripture, New Testament and Old Testament. So, um, And they, they at least minister to Jesus on two different occasions because this <laughs> is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, because they're here to minister to us because they're ministering spirits. Mm-hmm. And um, they they do serve and they do love. But at the end of the day, well, I don't know if they love, but they do serve. Um, I don't know how an angel has an emotion. I don't know if they do or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works for them. Never been an angel. Um, it's, pro- it's probably we may never know. How just, really? You know, how how much ministering they did for us until mm. we get to heaven, maybe. Yeah. Well, I would yeah. say Elisha and his servant probably proved that to us whenever he mm-hmm. said, open the eyes of my servant. And he looked up and he saw that there was more encamped about them than mm-hmm. there was coming against them. And I would say that's probably the case for us. We probably had more angels fighting on our behalf than we'd ever realized. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I just like that, you know, the book that uh, Billy Graham wrote. Angels, yeah. angels, angels. Yeah. And he, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's one testimony in there. And I've, I've shared it on this, on this program before, you know, that... Uh, you know, there was missionaries and got word that uh, the natives were going to come and kill them. Mm-hmm. And so they gathered together and prayed, you know, and nothing happened. And uh, then years later, the one of the, the chief got saved and and he shared that they were they were going to come that night to to destroy them and kill to kill all the missionaries there. And uh, they said when they got there, though, there was an army around their encamped around their facility you know and so they they backed off you know they're not going to and of course they felt like those the missionaries felt like that they had prayed down you know the ministering angels and they Mm -hmm. were ministering and and uh you know and their their lives were saved you know so that's awesome (coughs) well um we're gonna keep moving forward in hebrews tomorrow then of course we will take a break during the charathon we won't be able to do much during them but um we have two days Really, that we're just going to add the last two weeks All right. on the trivia. I was just going to do the trivia draw on the day, but then we'd only have two days um, for this next one because next week we won't be here um, for fall break. We'll have no broadcast, and so we'll be doing re um, re airs of sermons and other things that um, honestly people always seem to very much enjoy. And I don't. I've always heard that. Yeah, I don't know if a they little bit concerning. Uh, yeah, concerning. Uh, I mean, would this be <laughs> more? We get a lot of feedback about how much they. Enjoy yeah. It. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of with you. Put on in our place. Do we just need to do two hours of sermons every morning? I mean, is that more profitable for people? But um, because we do get a lot of um, feedback on those two, on those sermons that we play. Um, But we're gonna add these two days to the drawing, and we'll draw Tuesday after Tuesday morning at the end of the broadcast. But this day, Monday, question number one, um, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What prophetess played a timbrel? and led the women of Israel in a victory song after the Red Sea crossing. What prophetess played a tremble, timbrel, and led the women of Israel to a victory song after a Red Sea crossing? 270-257-2689. We will be right back here after the break on Mornings on Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All righty. We are back here on this September 25th, 2023, and we are in the middle of Yom Kippur. It started last night at sunset, and it'll um, go until sunset this evening, which I guess officially 
it started a little bit earlier than that because if you go to the Jewish time. But for us, practically, we're saying this would be Yom Kippur right now, which is the holiest day of the year for the Jewish calendar um, in God's feast and a day of atonement. So um, a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people celebrate this day of the year. And um, the question on the table is a lot of times, does Christians celebrate it? I don't, we don't celebrate the day of atonement per se, like the Jewish people would have under the law because we have Christ. But I do think it's a very significant day to um, take some time and pray and um, really uh, give gratitude and honor and praise to Jesus for what he did because he became the once and for all sacrifice. A lot of people, Christians included, they fast on this day. Um, they really seek the Lord during these 24 hours to give God glory. And um, I just think it's very significant to on Yom Kippur to celebrate God's appointed feast, God's appointed time, and to celebrate that this was the day set apart so that they could have a day of eight. I mean, so this was the day of atonement. So um, this was the day they went and sought forgiveness and restoration from from the Lord. And so I know there's a lot more, um, but uh, just that's kind of an overview of what Yom Kippur is. And we'll be in Yom Kippur for us until sunset tonight. So... Find some time today and just give God praise and honor Jesus for his sacrifice, for his atonement, for his blood that washes us white as snow. And um, and I think it's just a, it's a very significant and important time for Christians to take that opportunity to do so. Amen. Anybody else got anything you want to say about Yom Kippur? Nope. I think you covered it. <laughs> All righty. Um, question number one, what exactly is a New Testament church? And so I guess this would be from teaching through the mission statement yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, go. No, no, you, you, you got it. (laughs) Well, I think a New Testament church is just the church that came alive after Christ, Mm -hmm. um, resurrected and ascended to the right hand of the father. Now, I think you have to see this, and we're going to kind of travel for a second and unpack something. A lot of this is how you see theological understanding of replacement or dispensationalism. Now, replacement theology says that the church has replaced Israel. Dispensationalism says that there was an age of, there's there's the Jewish nation, or um, and then there's the Gentile church. And now, every Jew must be born again to go to heaven like to get into heaven forever etern they don't get to go to heaven just because they're a jew they have to be born again you must be born again but there is what we see promises to israel and then promises to the gentile church and i believe there is a significance so i i stand more along the lines of dispensationalism not replacement theology so i do not think that the church has replaced the israel right i agree um that's how i stand on that and uh, so I'd think the New Testament church, church was birthed at the day of Pentecost. I think that's when the New Testament church started, per se. Um, some people agree and disagree. What's your view on that? Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think that's when the you know, the Holy Spirit kind of unleashed that that authority, that spiritual authority there, too. Yeah. Um, I think that's when they were empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's whenever the church really started to grow because that's whenever the eight or so thousand, nine thousand people got born again in just a couple of days. And the church has been added to daily. 
up until that point, Jesus was really preparing the disciples. There was people joining, but the actual church as we know it was really right. started on the day of Pentecost. Before then, you see most of the activity surrounding what we would call the, the church. Well, I guess it really that didn't the the church didn't really exist. Yeah, everything was around the temple or the synagogue, mm-hmm. and then it shifts to meeting you know, from house to house. Meeting, yeah, right. House yep. to house, or you know, in mm-hmm. each city, or even apparently like outdoor type events, yeah. like with Paul. So. There was establishments of churches, yeah. and then setting up of government of churches, such as elders and deacons. Mm-hmm. And um, so, the New Testament church for me, I think, is very—it's a broad term, though, because there's a lot of things that we should be operating in. Uh, for instance, benevolence in the sense of taking care of widows and orphans, which would be more of a true religion kind of deal. That that service. Um, then there's times that we go from house to house breaking bread and fellowshipping. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I love that. Um, Jason breaks bread a lot during the Sherathon. Amen. He's the only time. It's the only time of the year he checks his mail for Miss Jerry. Um, and then there's times we we preserve truth. We continue in the apostles' doctrine. Um, we're hospitable. We're doing administrative tasks. We're helping the community. We are. Um, practicing spiritual gifts in the sense of they're activated in our life and they're fully functional. I was going to say, New Testament church really is just life. Yeah. Just, you know, living according to the word and its direction and, you know, so. Are there churches out there that would be, would not be a New Testament church? I think if you're a cult, you don't, you're not. (laughs) If you're doing the Holy Ghost tarot cards or whatever. I think you gotta, I think there's a problem. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, I think if you are living out of the confines of what the New Testament instructs us to, and so what we classify as a Christian cult is those churches that are excess of what Scripture commands or is doing things outside of Scripture's approval. Now, I'm not saying that, like, if you do, if if God shows up in a big way, like, well, there's no drums in the New Testament or electric guitar, so if you do that, then that's that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm, if it's just like, a you know, a group of people that meets... Sunday morning from eleven to twelve, and that's it. But there's no, there's no gospel. Yeah. There's no worship. There's nothing. Well, maybe, maybe there might even be, you know, read, read out of the Bible and yeah. preach a sermon. You know. Well, I think in theology we would explain those people. There's a universal church, um, and the Apostles' Creed and some other ancient doctrine doc, um, documents. It would be labeled more as the Holy Catholic Church, which basically means the universal church. Right. That's what that term originally meant was the universal church. But then I think I do think there's a church within the church. Now, I'm not going to go around to everybody who preaches a gospel sermon or not and try to decipher you New Testament church. What I'm talking more in the excess of with cults is, for me, like the Mormon church that preaches totally something different than what we believe as Christians. So they would present it as Jesus and Lucifer are brothers and that he's a God but not the God. And so at that point, I think you've less, left the essential. So... I think to be a part of the New Testament church, you have to be practicing the essentials at the very least. Um, do Let's see here. Um, I think this pertains to New Testament church. I'll, I'll go ahead and tackle this. Um, Pastor Dwayne um, said, and he never catches me if he uses his name, so I'm okay with him. <laughs> do you believe cessationalism is a doctrine of devils? I do, just your thoughts. I think that it is demonically persuading people not to practice the gifts, 100%. Yeah. I think it's a suppression. I think it's a seduce, it's a seducing thing in the spirits, and I think it is. Um, I think the gifts of the spirit are vitally important to the church. 
Now, I want to say this. I don't stop fellowshipping with you if you don't believe in speaking in tongues. I will say that. I'll, I'll say that. Like, I think, it's, I think you're being persuaded by things that are not in a godly fashion, and I think you're misinterpreting Scripture, but I'm not going to, like, call you not a Christian because you don't speak in tongues. So I think we have to be cautious on that. Um, I think the church is persuaded by a lot of things in a spiritual sense more than we'd ever realize. Right. And I don't know if that makes them, I don't want to say that makes them not a Christian. And so I want to just make sure that differentiation is there for myself. Sure. Not saying Pastor Dwayne's calling them not a Christian. I'm not saying that whatsoever. Just in the position we are, I have to make sure we clarify statements because somebody will come back and say, well, Aaron said this, now they're not a Christian. Um, and so I've learned that pretty quick, that <laughs> if we don't bring distinction in, somebody's going to say something. Um, and so I think that cessationalism is very much seducing away from the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think any church that is trying to operate in the New Testament authority absent of the gifts of the Spirit is a church that's only functioning at about 10% or 30%. Yeah. Um, So are they a New Testament church then? (laughs) (laughs) I think that they are. No. You think no? I I think no. (laughs) (laughs) I think... I'm not saying they're... I don't... I think that not preaching and believing in tongues is not going to... I don't think it's keeping you out of heaven. Yeah. And I don't think it'll... No, keep, I don't... I'm no, not but not that. having um, any spirit of those spiritual gifts or operating in the Holy Spirit, acknowledging the works of the Holy Spirit, I don't know. I think that sometimes people's operating in gifts and they don't know how to call it. Yeah. So, like, sometimes I think people have a prophetic gift and they really just consider themselves wise because they don't know how to interpret it because they've had bad teaching. So... Ugh, this is a hard one because I just it, it is difficult because if you're not a New Testament church, what are you? Yeah, church. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think I think they're absent of the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I do want to say, it doesn't mean that they're they're bound for hell or that they're they are. That they're just ineffective. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it is hard to quantify or classify. A group that would not be operating the, yeah. the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Dwayne said he's not saying that either. I knew Dwayne. I didn't hard. think he was. Yeah, I know Pastor Dwayne's hard. He, I knew. I just know for me, I'm always getting myself in trouble because I don't yeah. bring. So I always just find it useful to do that. But I know what you're saying, Jason, because I think it, it. I think it is difficult because then you know we're not firing on every cylinder New Testament church should be on either. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to say just because we're not doing something a New Testament church should be doing, does that mean we're disqualified from being a New Testament church? Yeah. It could just mean we're a New Testament church needs to grow. Or maybe we're a New Testament church that has to have better teaching or yeah. understanding. Because, or better balance. Or um, because cor- the the church of Corinth has went crazy. They went crazy on the other side. And, there, and there's always new labels, I think, coming up. You know, like right now we're kind of like looking at the word remnant you know mm. and you know that kind of means means some things that you know we're hopeful that it means the kind of church that that jesus is looking for and and that that is effective you know so yeah you know. but i would say this if you are saying that the gifts of the spirit are gone mm-hmm. then you are ignoring the very igniter of the local church, yeah, of the New Testament church. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Like, my thing is, I look at churches like, I mean, he's, this is no shy because I can call this name out because he's yeah. very vocal about his sure. John MacArthur, yeah, who's very anti 
gifts of the Spirit like yeah. that. He's a cessationalist through and through. But there's thousands and possibly hundreds of thousands and even millions that may have come to Christ through John MacArthur's sure. ministry. And so, and there's true transformations. You can see the fruit. You can see the evidence. So that's where I'm hesitant to say just because you don't practice the spiritual gifts, I don't want to call you New Testament church because I think they are doing the Great Commission and going to teach and make disciples yeah. and preach the gospel. And now I think you are doing it. A, there's, there's, you could, do, you're doing it almost like a disadvantage sort of deal when you deny the spirit, the gifts of the spirit. Yeah. Um, but it's like. You know, it's, it's. I'll use a very bad analogy, but I'm going to use it anyways because, well, I got the microphone and I pushed the buttons in here. Yeah. Um, it's like this: when when there were certain baseball players hitting a lot of home runs, mm-hmm. and they were taking something to help them, they were a little help. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it was unfair to all those that weren't taking the help, and the Holy Spirit is our help. Yeah. And. We can hit a lot, we can hit a lot more home runs, and I don't want to equate the Holy Spirit to a drug. So that's where I'm. I'm saying that's where it's a bad analogy. But you see what I'm saying? Like, there's help that some players were getting that other players wasn't, and if we go without that help, we may still hit a home run, but it's much harder. And I think we have to be careful because I do think the Holy Spirit lives in us at regeneration. I think there's a ton to unpack, but I think whenever people are persuaded that the gifts of the Spirit are not operational. I think it is a seducing spirit. I think it's things that are trying to pull you away from the truth. But I don't know if I would instant. I would have to really unpack that a lot. I wrote an article about um, uh, for the for the remnant report this month. It's going out this week. But uh, Paul used an analogy of being drunk with wine, so and being filled. So yeah. you know, that, yeah. That's what well, then I'm not too off. Okay. <laughs> But, you know, I, I do think it's we're operating at um, a level we're not called to when we deny the gifts of the Spirit. But I, I don't want to I'm, – I'm a little bit more cautious than just to say flat out no every time. Now, sometimes it's probably a no. But um, – I would say most of the time if there's fruit, like actual f- real fruit that's, that is coming forth from a ministry or a, someone who has a ministry – then most likely there's a spiritual gift at work, even if they don't know it. I mean, it might not be prophecy. It might not be some of the major ones. Yeah. Well, we're t- you would have that. Now, with this cessationalism, though, it would be more of the um, the external, like the, well, I guess you could say more of the nine gifts, more or less, in Corinthians, talking about healing, miracles, the supernatural gifts. The, the ministerial gifts. And it might just be the word, too. Yeah. It's um, the word that does it, not not our abilities. Mm-hmm. Or, and mm-hmm. if, it, if it is one of the gifts, it's a, it's, it's a gift that's come through yeah. you know, Jesus, the word. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, like even John MacArthur, though, I've heard him preach a lot because I do think he's a great teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he's even said, though, pertaining to things like we're going to pray and kind of trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. And, yeah. you know, in one sentence he's saying the Holy Spirit doesn't speak. Well, God doesn't speak no more. But then in the next sentence he's kind of like, we're going to trust the leading of the Holy Spirit. So isn't he kind of leading at that point? Yeah. Like, so I do. There understand. is a lot of holes in their their reasoning. Yeah. You know, those are cessationalists because yeah. they do trust in the Holy Spirit oftentimes for, for healing, for God yeah. to bring healing and things like that. Yep. And they do talk about that. They pray yeah. for healing. They pray for deliverance they pray for god to show them give them wisdom give them guidance and i'm like well isn't that kind of what we're doing on the right. same level 
Um, I do think sometimes sensationalists are, they falsely think that, that if we're praying for someone, for God to heal someone, that we're praying that God would use us to do it. Mm-hmm. When that's not the case at all. You know, if I pray that the Lord would heal mom of something like that, you know, then I'm not asking God to use me to do that. It's 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 still the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's yeah. not anything mm-hmm. that, that I would do or anything. Yeah. I just I, I do think sometimes cessationalists kind of make that mistake in thinking that we're that that power's coming from us. Yeah. Well here's what I've seen a lot is that some of the some of the critiques that cessationalists use to try to justify their denying the gifts are the same critiques I would have as somebody who's practicing the gifts. Because I think we've misused and abused them. But I don't think just because they've been misused and abused means we get to neglect them because I still think they're true. And I think we just got to put the guardrails back up and walk in what God has forced in them because the Corinth church was a very gifted church, but they was a gifted church that had no order and honor for the Holy Spirit because they were doing everything. And they were trying to drink. They were trying to eat from tables of demons and the table of the Holy Spirit, the Lord's Supper. Like and that doesn't festival. <laughs> I like him this morning. I like him this morning. Um, but a lot of times I think because they see the the abuses of it, they try to overcorrect, which is what we always do in the church. We try to overcorrect when we see something really wrong instead of trying to be a balance and moving back onto the highway slowly and carefully so somebody don't get hurt. Then we just turn the steering wheel real hard. We end up flipping the road, flipping off the road. But if we would use wisdom and guidance of the Holy Spirit and just steer ourselves back on there like Paul did, Paul did it phenomenally in the the letter to the Corinth church. And I think that's our example. But just because there has been abuses and misuses and things that's made a mockery of the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that we get to negate them. But I think that's a lot of times what cessationalists do is they try to kick the gifts or as somebody, you'll put the baby out with the bathwater. Um, we, t- we throw the baby out with the bathwater. And it just never works. And for those who don't know what that saying means is that there was one guy that, you know, I think Jason knows him pretty well, stated in his Bible or something, postulated one time that Mary gave Jesus a bath, threw out his bath water, and the bath water hit somebody that was sick, and it healed him. And, um, really? And so um, that's, you know. That's where that saying came from? Yes. Oh. <laughs> don't throw the... Because then now they say, well, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There was probably no water of Jesus from a bath and there's a baby that got thrown out and hit somebody and healed them. But we don't throw Jesus Who out with that. that. <laughs> huh? Who says that? I've I've heard from multiple sources that Dakes has it in there. Really? That he heard it one time. I've not seen it. But. Well, it's a big Bible. It is a big Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love, I, I, I do appreciate Dake's work though. Cause it came for yeah. a time of Google and, oh, I know it. and all I this, know he worked hard on it. He did. And for his time period, he had a, it was really good for what, um, I disagree with him on some stuff, but I do. Honor, I do too. I do honor and respect his work yeah. though. Cause I think it was tremendous work for his time period. If he said that, I would disagree with that too. <laughs> you would, you don't think that happened? <laughs> it may not be in there. How Somebody, could you record that or, uh. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't him, but I knew. I do know that's the story. It maybe wasn't Dake that did it. Maybe it was somebody else. No, Lord, I hope not. <laughs> Jason's like, I'm going to... <laughs> oh, no. All right. Well, we are at the hard break, and anybody got... We got one minute. Anybody want to say anything else on the gifts thing? I do believe that gifts are important, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I think our original question was New Testament church, but... 
and um, I think you know you're if you're operating in those in the works of the Holy Spirit, that's what classifies you as a New Testament church. And some are doing it better than others, but it doesn't mean that you're um, you know, that you are at a higher tier or something like that. You know, we're all we're all in this together, and uh, we should honor each other in each church in and uh, bring honor to the work that each church is doing, whether they're doing one thing or multiple things. You know, we're all endeavoring to advance the kingdom of, of the of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. All righty. Um, well, let me get my my computer. Are we going to answer the question? No. Not yet. I didn't. I don't know the answer to that question. I answered it, but it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't count for Hannah. Sorry, <laughs> what? I never saw the answer. No, <laughs> I haven't seen it either, but I don't know. You <laughs> read it, and when you went off it, where is she uh, answered it? So, <laughs> all right. I think I, I think I know, but oh, well, that may be answer. Talk for a second. Okay, I think <laughs> I know, but I'm not sure of the person's name. I think I know who's who they were married to, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> but I, I can't remember her name. Anyway. Well, I think you'd know if you, yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd be like, oh yeah. All right. Yep. So he did mention it was a hard break, and then we just kept on going. I know, because <laughs> he's busy answering the the phone, so and he takes us off. All right, here we go. The uh, Wayne kid got it right, and okay. because anytime we do go past two weeks, we always allow the third time. Okay, the entry. Right. there we go. So the Wayne kid did get it right. It was what Hannah, Miriam. Exodus fifteen twenty twenty one. Moses' so, his wife. Moses' his wife. I could not think of her name. <laughs> Look at yeah. him. I knew he yeah. was smart. Not I knew Moses even sister. Sister. That's right. Then that's right. You're right. Oh, never mind. I, I just had to take it back. At. There. I was so yeah, impressed. I was about to say, did Ma- Moses marry his sister? <laughs> that was Abraham. He married his sister. All right. All right here we go. Uh, Tuesday question number two. All right. Sponsored by the Sicilian. I mean, by Higdon Land Surveyor. What foreign official was in his chariot when Philip came to him? What foreign official was in his chariot when Philip came to him? We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Alrighty, we are back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. Still waiting on an answer for that second trivia question. And I do apologize. I should have said that anytime we're over two weeks, people can get their name in three times because there were some listeners who knew Miriam that I... Did not clarify that with, but any time that we have a trivia that goes over a week, and sometimes that happens if we're going to have a week off or um, Trisharathon coming up or something to that extent, that we allow people to get in three times um, every three weeks because this will technically be a two and a half week drawing. So we always allow three to that point. So, um, so if you if you have a name in twice for these next uh, three questions, including the one we just read you'll be able to get your name in another time as well. Don't forget, this Wednesday starting, we're going to be um, share it up 30 days live radio, and um, <clears throat> it's going to be great. Um, one listener just asking for anybody who don't know, that last song we played is from the Come Out in Jesus' Name movie. It's the, I guess you call it the theme song, don't you, Hannah? Um, I don't know who, I don't know, the, I forgot the guy's name that sang it. Um, it's come out in Jesus names, the actual name of the song. So you can look that up on, on YouTube or iTunes or wherever you're listening from. Um, and that's in there. Come out in Jesus name. Amen. 
Uh, and again, if you want to engage or interact with the broadcast, 270-230-6337 is the number to make that possible. And we are um, just excited about what God is doing in the earth. So um, we have answered that. Do you feel like we answered the first question of New Testament church? Yeah. Okay. And, and then some. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just making sure we're getting there. Um, number two. What is the promise spoken of in Acts chapter 2, verse 39? What is the promise spoken of in Acts chapter 2, verse 39? So if we're making our way over to that, and once somebody gets there, if you want to read it, that would be awesome. Okay, I got it. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. All righty. <clears throat> I read it. You answered. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Should we started in thirty-eight. <laughs> Probably so. Probably. Well, it's always good to do that. <laughs> Actually, at uh, maybe the thirty-seven. I would say thirty-seven is where you have to start. Now, up. when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, we've only been asked to address specifically 39. So I learned last last couple of times with Jason not to address more than I have to. <laughs> All right. So well, you can. <laughs> there's a lot in these three verses. But specifically, I think the promise there is the promise of the Holy Spirit being poured out. And I think that he's saying it's to you. And it's to your children, and it's to everybody. I think he's broadening the horizon here, and I think this when is he says where, to all that are far off. Is that the Gentiles? Yes, I do. Yeah. I think this is where we start to understand that it's going to go farther than just the Jews, because to you and your children would be your Jews, your your Jewish lineage, your Jewish people, those who come after you in the Jewish um, genealogy. But here he says, and to those who are far off, because that's the same kind of terminology and vocabulary he used in other parts of the New Testament. Well to describe Gentiles. And so those who were far off were brought near by the what? Blood of the Lamb. And so I believe right there he's saying this promise is not just going to be to you and your children. It's going to be those who are far off as well. And that promise, I believe, is the pouring of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And this is still part of his message to the, on the day of Pentecost. Yes. You know, the- yeah. And I think it's also talking about salvation, the outpouring of the Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I think it's talking about the gospel everything mm-hmm. and so um and so i think that promise though now again i've learned i just answer what the question is um because there is a lot of things other people have a lot of times in verse 38 but in 37 <clears throat> but i do got to say this about 37 i love it when it says now when they heard this well heard what peter preaching mm, right correct mm-hmm. they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? I feel like that's probably not happening in a lot of churches. Like Peter was preaching and something so pricked their heart that they said, what do I got to do to get rid of this prick? What do I do now? Like there's an, there's this overwhelming desire. What do I have to do guys to get right? What do I have to do? Because my heart has been pricked the wall around my heart has been penetrated. I have been convicted. I have been moved. I've been persuaded. I have been, my heart has been pricked. 
And I feel like that is very significant in how we interpret and do this whole um, gospel presentation and preaching the gospel because men's hearts, I believe, must be pricked. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, we're a chatty group this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just... You covered it. I'm in New King James Version, so mine's What's like cut. Cut? Yeah, I, I think I like pricked better, though. I like cut as well, but I don't know. I like to just look at the different translations sometimes because sometimes the word can just, I don't know, stand out more to me. Let's see what the acts um, ESV says. Uh, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. That's good, too. They were cut to the heart, which basically is something here. It's given us the 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 idea or the visual picture that something's penetrating that outer wall. Mm -hmm. Whether it's pricked, cut to the heart, he's telling us something's around their heart, and it's getting penetrated through. You know, you want to hear the interlinear definition of that word pricked? To pierce thoroughly, to agitate violently. Prick. Wow. <laughs> it, or it also says sting to the quick. <laughs> there we go. Sting to the quick. Pull. I like agitate violently. Can I can I add that to my prayer prayer lingo? <laughs> Lord, agitate them violently. <laughs> agitate me violently. There you go. That's, that'd be good. Uh, that's good. You that's know, so we uh, uh, I went to a, a Bible study in Cave City. Uh, last week and uh we uh, they were reading from uh, a jewish bible um i can't remember the exact version of it what it was called but um, anyway it was when uh, jesus uh, healed bartimaeus uh, blind and it said you know that uh, you know he was crying out and uh and then he uh, uh you know jesus said you know you know hurt him and he said you know have bring him to me and uh, then jesus asked you know basically what can i do for you and uh, uh, Bartimaeus said that I may re- regain my sight. And, uh, of course, in the King James, it just says that I may receive my sight. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it kind of like, uh, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't catch it, you know, when, you know, when she was reading it. But, uh, you know, Jeannie was with me. And so, you know, she kind of questioned that, you know, like that's not in my King James Bible, you know. And uh, but we started looking, you know, up the interlinear and uh some other other translations, uh, mo- mainly the Jewish translations, that uh, it it does say that that he uh, um, to regain his sight. So apparently he had not always been blinded. I get. I think we just kind of always assumed that uh, he was probably blind through uh, from birth. And then I also was studying and noticed that uh, uh, one translation was telling that uh, for uh, a beggar to be able to. You know, beg on the streets. He had to basically get the permission from the from the priest, high mm-hmm. priest. Yeah, and that that's true. And that he would, uh, when it said that he took off his cloak, you know, to uh, to go to Jesus, that that was basically a cloak that signified that he yep. had the permission to mm-hmm. to beg. Yeah, and uh, like a permit, they had to permit. get a begging permit. Uh-huh. <laughs> someone uh, someone d- identified that as his disability check. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, so anyway, yeah, um, yeah. that's it. You know, and just uh, you know, but it kind of think I was like, God, you know, how much do I not 
that do we miss? You know. Yeah. Oh, you know, I, I agree with just, that. Just not studying or not even just. Uh, you Ooh, know. Let me read our first. Let me read our quote. Quote of the day again. Uh-huh. Truth is not obtained cheaply. It demands much time given to prayer and study of the scripture, followed yeah. by practical application in our daily lives. It must take priority over the many forms of cheap entertainment offered by our secular culture. It is a lifetime commitment. Mm-hmm. Derek Prince. Yeah. Love that quote. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Because you're right. I mean, I feel in that in my own life. Like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, honestly, just looking into witchcraft and the word pharmakeia, which is where it derivative from. Uh-huh. It shocked me. Mm-hmm. And as many times I've probably even read some of those verses, it just never jumped out until I was very intentional about uh-huh. studying them. And, um, and so I agree 100%. Like, we're, I think we miss a lot of things sometimes just because we read through instead of read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think we're guilty of that because we're the, especially the younger generation, because they've been, they've been trained to think in 30 second in, in, intervals mm-hmm. that, it's just pop. And if it's not there initially, I don't know how to dive, dive into. And, and to not yeah. study. I mean, yeah. that, you have to really study. Things. And that's the main reason why I still use the King James for uh, when I read my Bible is because it kind of forces you to take the time to, you know, kind of study each word. Because uh, the other translations that are easier reading... They, I ha, I have it. I can't speak for anybody else, but I have a tendency to kind of roll through it without really thinking about what you know, what what the context is, or what's what each word, the significance of each word. Yeah. So that, that's and that's just me because it it does force me to slow down. Everything forces me to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a tendency, you know, just anything. You know, if I'm reading a textbook or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I read through it and then I stop and think. I don't even remember what I read, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because I was just kind of going through the motions of reading Mm -hmm. something. Sunday morning, I was reading my devotion and and, uh, I was I was reading it and I I was was, other thoughts were kind of in my mind. And I thought, I do not know what I just read. And so I had to stop and I I, I read it out loud so that I could think and hear. (laughs) Now, I will say everybody knows I'm ESV. ESV boy. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Now, everybody's pretty much knows I'm ESV. But I have really enjoyed reading the New King James lately. The New King James, NKJV. Um, that is, that has become my, yeah. um, I mean, I hate to say it's coming because I'm not there yet, but it's pretty close that it very well may overtake. I think for me, one of the reasons I read the ESV so much is I think the ESV study Bible is the best study Bible on the planet. And it's probably the best study Bible ever written. And yeah. I'm going to be honest with about it. Like, it's just, I don't know how you overtake the ESV study Bible with notes, resources, what's in there. Yeah, I just don't know how you can outdo that one. Um, so, I need to find a, 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 a good study Bible that's a little smaller than what I've got. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that this morning because we're heading to the beach next week. And I thought I'm going to take my Bible with me because... It'll really cut down on our gas mileage whenever <laughs> I load it up in the car. <laughs> Greg Carwell says you and him read the key KJV for the same reason. Yeah. And Dwayne Kidd said the verses we just talked about he preached from yesterday. Really? That's so, cool. Yeah. yeah, I love with, that. With the Bartimaeus one? Or which oh, one? the the prick in your heart. Oh, and okay. I think the axe one. Uh-huh. So I think that's whenever he mentioned that. So, um, <clears throat> But I will say the King, New King James really growing on me. I just really... I've really enjoyed reading it lately. Yeah. 
Um, I still like the ESV a whole lot, though. I just think it reads so well. For me, I don't need any more help understanding anything because I'd be good to get a parallel Bible <laughs> with the ESV and King James. They have them. Yeah. I just that's know. the other problem. They get when you have a parallel Bible, it's a bigger Bible as well. Because I'm, I'm about to get a keyword New King James yeah. version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bible. I bought one. So Don't I have any no more though. Smaller Bible that Miss Billy Jean's <laughs> helping me out. Uh, um, <laughs> she's good about that. I use the uh, the Open Bible, and it has a lot of study helps and stuff in it, and I really enjoyed it. And when I first started getting it, I. Uh, they were real, they were small. It was a little small Bible. I really liked it. And of course, I, and I just wore it out. All the you know pages was falling out. And the other night, I, something hit me about. I heard somebody mentioned something about getting your Bible rebound. So I, I did look it up. I found a a couple in Nashville that does it. So uh, uh, kind of a they're retired, and that's kind of a little plan they did. But I haven't checked in too much about it. So, hmm. but I would I would like to have that Bible. I had yeah. a lot of notes in it too. So, <laughs> um, Joey Sosh says uh, he uses three when he studies KJV, ESV, and the CBS, CSB, and Mr. CBS. That's a pharmacy. CSB, <laughs> Christian Standard Bible. Miss um, Joanne Burke says, "Me too. I love my Bibles." And she got the ESV whenever I came to pastor, and she enjoyed it immensely. So she enjoys it. So um, I think it just reads well. Actually, the 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 ESV, outside of the New King James, because New King James just it takes out the yees and the thous and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Honestly, I've never really used it. Um, I love the King New King James. It just, yeah. um, but the ESV reads very similar mm-hmm. to the King James. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Like the ESV is very similar to it, just a little bit more modernized. Right. But I do think the thing the King James and the ESV has most in common, and this is what I hear a lot of people say about the King James, they feel like it reads more poetically, kind of like flowy. And people say the same thing about the ESV. It just keeps a real... Th- they uh, have a lot of the same word translations yeah, they do. in there. Um, but I don't know. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to make this about translations. But yeah, yeah, that was... that's not even a question. Yep. We're not allowed to go off the question. Well, I think we, an- we answered the question well. We <laughs> The original question. The original question. And the then OG. The, and then the other questions that were not questions at all. All right. Um, so number three. What is, oh, so we're in James 1.9. And what is the brother of low degree in James 1 9? The brother of low degree. So once somebody gets there, they can read it. It's let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. Yep. Uh, I'll see what John Wesley says about it. Now, I think this one, I think it's somebody who is not wealthy. Because if we read verse 10 and the rich in his humil- humiliation, I think it's talking about people who humble themselves, live a lowly. Jesus said that he, it was said of Jesus that he had a lowly life, that he wasn't concerned about what he had. Yeah. And, rich Mullins has a song called Man of No Reputation. It's yes. Good. And so I think it's, I don't, I think this person in James 1 9, somebody's not wealth, wealthy, not rich, not looking for treasure of this world, but in due time he's going to be exalted. And those who have, sought to have treasures will not be exalted and he will be humiliated because he's missed the whole point. The, the heading in the new King James version is the perspective of rich and poor. Yeah. So they would agree. Yeah. What about John Wesley? Um, uh, just looking it up. Um, he said, let the, 
that the brothers, St. James does not give this appellation to the rich. The, of low degree, it's poor and tempted. Mm-hmm. Rejoice. The most effectual remedy against double-mindedness, because he's referring to the verse before that. Mm-hmm. And then in that he is exalted to be a child of God and an heir of glory. He just kind of breaks them down. As the, yeah. The New King word James word. uses lowly. I like that word. Mm-hmm. Lowly. Yeah. Lowly person. And then it's the next verse, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. Yep. And then as the sun rises with a scorching heat and withers the grass, its uh, flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuit. So again, it's just warning us about, you know, not having the wrong heart about these things mm-hmm. and not having the love of money and not being pursuing money your whole life because material things come and go mm-hmm. and um but the thing that begins to stay and i know i preach and talk about this a lot and people get sick of it i'm sure but we've really got to learn this word humility yeah. and we got to learn what it is to walk a humble life and to prefer one another and um, as americans i love america i think we grew up in the best nation one of the best nations this world's ever seen if not the best nation i have my opinions that we're um but we are very wealthy even the even the ones that we would consider poor are as wealthy as the rest of the world Mm -hmm. and and i think because of that we have a complacency and we have a expectation and some could even say a entitlement issue that we deserve yeah. to be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything revolves around us as American. Now I do think the American dream is detrimental to Christianity. And I think it's in I think it's an opposition to what Christ has called us to live out in. That we're I, I was talking to somebody the other day. Um Paisley singing out there? Yeah. I think she is. Well, she's rocking it. Um <laughs> and I was talking to somebody the other day and um and I, I, don't, I hope this don't come out wrong, but I was talking to a friend from high school and they were talking about their life and they was asking about mine. I said, have, um, you know, my wife and seven kids. And, and um, he said, boy, do you got the picket fence too? And he said, it sounds like you all. I said, look, I know I'm blessed. Like God has blessed me tremendously. But I just started sharing the gospel. And I said, all that stuff. I said, they said, you got the pig events? I said, I, I live in a big building at the church. <laughs> they they put me, they, they put me in a upstairs in the church. How many square feet is in that building? <laughs> yeah. We live in a, Paisley always said when she lived there, she lived in a mansion, didn't she? Um, she did say that, yeah. But I was like, but, you know, it was like, I don't care where you put me. Like, it gets a little hot during the summer, but, I'm, you know, it's, it's besides that. It's, and I felt like he thought that, you know, what, what we had or didn't have was what marked us. And I said, Oh no, let me tell you what really marked me. And I started sharing Jesus and said, Jesus has been so good. And, and I was like, I just started sharing the love of Christ. And I kind of think that's where we're at. Like which one's going to mark us as a, as a person, what we have or who we have. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that really starts to be a differentiation between us is if it's what we have, it's going to fade away because I don't get to take my house with me. And I don't get to take my, I don't want to take my van with me. Things aggravate me lately. So <laughs> the van can definitely stay. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's, but we spend our whole life pursuing material things that we can't take with us and not pursuing the things that we will take with us. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is souls. And um, I heard, I, I put a quote last night. I'll read it. I'll read it because I think it's fitting right here. 
on Facebook. Um, again, this is Derek Prince. People get sick of my Derek Prince quotes, but I love Derek Prince. Um, God is more concerned with our character than with our achievements. Achievements have importance only in the realm of time. Character is internal. It determines what we will be through eternity. Mm. It's not, I love how he said it. It doesn't say it'll determine where we are in eternity. It's saying it determines what we will be in eternity. And he says, God is more concerned with our character than our achievements. Yeah. Yeah. And so, because there will be rewards for how we are here. Yeah, that's good stuff. And so I love that quote quite a bit. Does um does your guy have any good quotes on this, Jason? Dake. Uh, no. Your no, your other guy. Rich Mullins? Yeah. No. Uh, he does have. What uh, about Dr. Seuss? Because <laughs> <laughs> you use him a lot, too. I, I noticed when we were reading verse um, um, 10 and 11, where it talks about the flower that pass away. He does have a song, Everywhere I Go, I See You. I think he quotes that. That passage right there, I have to look it up during the break. Rich Mullins? Yeah, I think so. So do you think he had a Dake's Bible? <laughs> Probably, I don't know. Now, now, let me just say this. I did check it on the last break. I can't find anything where it's associated Dake's with the baby in the bathwater. So yeah. I was wrong. I a little worried. I but I, up, up too, so I didn't see it. And um, Thomas Carlyle. That, something like yeah, that. that. But I will say this. Now, he was a theologian, right? Uh-huh. I will say this, that... Um, a lot of people's not happy with your Dake's Bible. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize there's many many websites devoted to coming against Dake. Oh, well. What did he do? I don't know. Now his his big thing is he believes, or in my opinion, his big thing is that he believed in a pre-Adamite Earth, like like there have been multiple floods. Well, one of the critiques I was seeing quite a bit on the websites was something about the incarnation, which would you know be about Christ coming to Earth. But yeah, I don't. I haven't gotten have that you, one. I don't know what it was. I didn't get time to read. I just saw all the websites about <laughs> Denny's fake being a Phineas Dake. Phineas Dake, or whatever. Phineas. Phineas Dake. Did he say Denny's fake? Whatever it was. <laughs> I think that was a slam against my my Bible. A fake. <laughs> that was a good one. That was, all right. Uh, if you had to pick a word slip, that would be the perfect. <laughs> oh. But he is not highly looked upon by a lot of people. Um, so. <laughs> Well, that was that was something the website called him was Denny is fake. So, <laughs> oh, oh, I'm just kidding. We just first of all, Jason was picked on about his the size of his Bible. It is a big Bible. <laughs> we yeah. almost bought him a wagon to carry his Bible around in. <laughs> hey, take that to the beach. <laughs> if I did, I'm, people would probably avoid me. I think I would have some kind of crusade there or something. You can wear your old. Beach reach. <laughs> yeah. You go. You want a sheet to go over your head? Yeah. A red sheet like <laughs> no, we did. I do not. You go have the Bethel crew. Uh, <laughs> All right. Cut the eyes out of it. <laughs> you fit in with that witch festival real good. <laughs> now I will say, in college, we had to do it like a dress up day uh, in our theology class, and. Um, I didn't have a, a costume for any of these theologians or anything. Did you dress up as Finnis No, I didn't. I got a sheet, and I, I, honestly, it's really embarrassing, but I <laughs> I was the Holy Spirit, and it was a white sheet, <laughs> and I kept the eyes out of it, and I was just sitting there. With the, it, was, it was pretty funny. I didn't keep it on long, but... 
Sounds like something from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> we used to do, um, Heather's got a really good picture of Jason from a Spirit Week. He had like pink pants on and a pink vest over his shirt and tie. Really? Oh, yeah. We got it. We found it. Um, I don't remember that. Heather does. She's got it. But one time we had, and we're going to take a break and re get another opportunity for this trivia question, but one time we did a Spirit Week and it was dressed as an adult. So I was a I was still a teacher, but I swear I dress up too. So I dressed up as Brother Ron, <laughs> and I even kind of fluffed my hair out like he did a little bit, and wore the button-up shirt, the white button-up shirt with jeans and the slide with, <laughs> without socks on. Um, and me and him took several pictures. I cannot find that picture. Oh. I've been looking for that picture. I've been wanting that picture because uh, we took a picture together. It was dressed up as um, there were several of us dressed up as Brother Ron in the school though that day. Um, we need to do that again for <laughs> let's do it Spirit Week. <laughs> And so, all right, well, we'll read this second trivia. I always do that on Monday. Trivia question. First, Denny is. <laughs> I didn't even mean to say that because it was still on my mind from reading that on the website. <laughs> Venice Dake. There we go. All right, so what foreign official was in his chariot when Philip came to him? What foreign official was in his chariot? When Philip came to him. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings with Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. Oh, we are back here on this beautiful morning, September 25th. We got about 20 minutes left in the morning broadcast, so we have a little bit more time to answer another Bible question. We do have a couple of things here. Uh, Miss Lisa Ashball got that answer correct, and that is the Ethiopian eunuch was the one that was in his chariot when Philip came to him. So congratulations, Miss um, Lisa, for getting that answer correct. Also, um, we have been working on this, and I'm hopefully we've got everything done. Um, we've 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 heard from some of the listeners that some of the listeners will be listening to the app, and then it cuts out, and you have to go back in. So I think what's happening because it's only happening in the mornings, um, and I know a, we have a lot list, a lot bigger listener base now on the app. So we had a restriction that the company had on how many people could be listening at the same time. So I think as one person tuned in, it kicked another person off, oh, and then that okay. person kicked it. So it's like everybody's kicking everybody off. Sort of like the Jehovah Witness in the uh, 4400. Yeah, there was only so many could listen at one time. It's kind of an exclusive club. Yeah. Well, I think we have that fixed. And so I think we've been able to increase our listener um, amount of listeners on there at the same time. So hopefully that is fixed for anybody that's experienced that difficulty. And um, we'll be able to increase that quite a bit. So, um, okay. so nobody, we should not have that problem anymore. And we wanted to get that done going into the Sherathon too, because we want everybody to be able to listen that could possibly listen. Um, because you don't have, to, you don't. I've listened to a lot of Sherathons. Mm-hmm. I have on other stations and other radio stations and TV stations and all that. And most of it is the whole time just money, money, money. We are not just money, money, money. To be honest with you, we get going and we forget to ask for money. Um, and so we yeah. we just really allow the Holy Spirit to flow. We get into good conversation. Um, there's a lot of fun, a lot of laughter, tears, crying, shouting, jumping, eating, um, eating a lot, and then eating some more. Um, then there's repentance for the gluttony that we just partook of. And then there is just so much going on during those three days. They are an awesome three days. And anytime that you can tune in and listening, listen, it's not going to be just money, money, money. It's it never is, honestly. And um, and I love that about the Sherathon here at Box Two Radio. There's a lot of testimonies. 
we have some we have a lot of young adults coming on this time going to talk and share right. some of their testimony we got jason miller and miss gretchen miller they're going to be on here am i still classified no you are both Thank young you. adults you're welcome <laughs> i got your back um uh, they're going to be on here with us um i'm still wait- be 50 next year uh wow yeah how do you feel about that do you feel wise or Pretty good <laughs> You said something about becoming a senior citizen pastor one day. Yeah. Because you're getting closer to them. I'm moving up there. Is that is that is that still a life goal, like to transition? I'll from, do it, yeah. Is there a time that – is there an age somebody should transfer from youth pastor to senior citizen pastor? I'm not sure if anybody's ever done that. That seems to be quite the transition, but <laughs> but I'll do it. That would be – If you need me to, I'll do yep. it. Yep. You know, I want to say this. I, I want to say this about Jason. Um and I know that we're always picking on each other for Anastasia Sapphire and stuff like that. <laughs> but Jason has always been completely okay with his call being to youth. And yeah. a lot of times people use youth ministry as a stepping stone to get somewhere else. And I'm not going to lie. That's that's 90% of the time what happens in the church. And that's one thing I've never seen about Jason is he's never tried to use youth ministry, whether that's teaching in the school, the youth on Wednesday nights or anything, to be a stepping stone. He's just always been comfortable with what God's called him to do. Mm-hmm. And you don't find a lot of people like that who's willing just to stay with youth. So he could be somebody that goes from youth pastor to senior citizen pastor <laughs> because he's never used it as a stepping stone. And I appreciate that out of him that yeah. a lot of times that's what people do. Well, you know, you do what you got, what God called you to do. And if you do anything outside of that, then it kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, people ask me that whenever dad passed away. Are you going to be the pastor someday? Not going to happen. <laughs> no, don't say Not. never. <laughs> I, mean, it, I mean, I feel like the Lord very clearly spoke to me about uh-huh. teaching and, mm-hmm. and being and ministering to youth. Mm-hmm. And if I were to, to try to do something else, that would be foolish. Yep. Yep. Pastor Dwayne Kidd says, Tommy Bates is 64, he thinks, and he is one of the most sought-after ministers for youth conferences out there. So yeah. you have another 15 or years or so. All right. Look at that. Until you, how how does it how does ministry change if you go from youth ministry to senior citizen ministry? I don't know. I've never done it. I've never, you know. I mean, would I'm happy where I'm at. Be, but would you still do volleyball? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. They played volleyball whenever I went to when I went and ministered at the um, Beehive the other day. They were playing volleyball inside the 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 house. <laughs> okay, they played soccer. They wouldn't let me play. <laughs> um, but no, it's I enjoy that a lot. But um, I I just do. I always appreciate that Jason is never uses a stepping stone, and so often that's really the case. Is we kind of, and it's it's kind of the church's fault as much as anybody else's because we kind of when somebody's young and they have a calling in their life, let's just put them in youth ministries, kind of let them get his feet wet. Right. And sometimes even before that, let's put him in the nursery. Then he's going to go to this age, and then he'll get up to the youth ministry. God did not call me to the nursery. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoy doing nursering. No, so. actually, I didn't. I, I've done it on a few different occasions. Yeah. Um, Megan, and I do enjoy it. Yeah. Megan Fortner's son went home and said, he is the coolest kid's pastor I ever met, Mom. <laughs> And so I took it. I took it and celebrated. I said, <laughs> he maybe told his I, brother at home about it. Maybe I missed my calling. Maybe I should have been a kids pastor. Um, but I, I love kids. I, I like. Um, so it, it's Heather good. Heather said no because you you get too carried away with it. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, the one thing we've heard over and over from people about our VBS is they love the energy. Yeah, I didn't. I was exhausted after that energy for three nights. Uh, I was, uh, by the time Saturday evening rolled around, I was like, where did all the energy go? No, but I do think that, I, well, I even see that from the teenagers that came to VBS. Like, to be able to see your pastor in different settings and, like, like I, I'm going to be honest, there is a lot of pastors that don't really um, fellowship with the younger generation, mm-hmm. or especially the kids. There's a lot of pastors that kind of just stick to the adults, and then the kids just stick to whoever's over them. But I think it was it's a good for the um, for kids to see their pastor too, and and be able to talk to him and yeah, I play, love it. Play with them in the in the gym and. You know, I think that it just helps build that relationship. Yep, so. that's why I wore my disco outfit <laughs> Friday night and went and played glow-in-the-dark volleyball in the dark. <laughs> and that glow-in-the-dark volleyball, I'm not for sure what it was made of. I think it had a hint of concrete in there. It was the hardest volleyball I've ever hit it in my life. It was a hard life. volleyball. I don't know if it's because it it was a light-up. I don't know, but don't if know. if it hits somebody in the face, they're going to have a broken nose. Uh, it was <laughs> well, heavy. it almost did a few times because the light would go out, and then <laughs> it would be completely dark. And <laughs> Playing dodgeball with a bowling ball, that's what it felt like. <laughs> and then uh, Ethan hit it way in the air, and I'm like, I'm not even going to hit that. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's see. we got time for one more question. Um, let's do explain Jesus' statement in John five fourteen. We'll hit that Back one, Rafa. John. John four five fourteen. We've missed you, John. Yeah, we have. Five fourteen. Five fourteen. After Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, of course, this is in the context of what? The guy who carried his bed, and then he got, he couldn't get in. And so Jesus says, take up thy bed and walk. And then Jesus went and found him. And I think this is what really is happening here. He's he's saying, don't waste it. Don't, don't, you're, you're transformed. Like when God does a work, he transforms. It's never the same. And, and when you get up off your bed, you're not supposed to get up your off your bed with all of your old past and old attachments. Whenever the woman who was caught in the issue of adultery, what did he say? Get up and sin no more. Right. He already protected her. He said, you know, he who has first sin cast the first stone. Nobody could. And they threw their stones down and walked away. But when she got up, he didn't say, now, you know, keep doing your adultery. It's okay. I got your back. He said, no, you go and you what? You sin no more. And I think this is the same thing. Now... <clears throat> I think he's telling them if you sin and you continue in the lifestyle of sin, and he said it could be worse for you. And there's other scripture to confirm that. If you clean the house but don't That's fill the house. Yeah, I was thinking of that too. You know, it, it's probably, you know, it's – I want to be careful because I, I don't want to say something I'll have to repent for later or have to come back and correct. It – he said of he said of Judas, it'd have been better if Judas was never been born. Because I think Judas had enough truth in him and heard enough truth that it was like Judas it'd have been better if Judas never Judas had never even been born because Judas rejected it. Judas betrayed and Judas went all this and and it would have now, I want to be careful with all that, but I think there is a weightiness to when we get cleansed from something or we encounter Jesus and then we fall away. Um, 
I think that, you know, it's impossible to renew somebody who have fallen away. And I mean, completely fallen away. We would call that utter, utter apostasy. Like where they utterly reject the faith. They have fallen away completely. They have fallen away until they have fallen away. And for that person, I believe it may have been better if they never even knew. Like, I don't know. Jason, how would you say that? I don't, I'm, I'm struggling here because I don't really have, but I think there's a significance behind it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that you can bring more upon yourself when you disobey the truth after understanding the truth. Yeah, I, I just keep going back to that analogy that he said when you sweep the house clean, but you don't fill it, you know, then the what the the devils come back seven times as strong as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, times more. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's what happens there. Bring when God, friends with them. when God, you know, delivers you from something, if you don't fill it with Him, then you've got big big problems coming your way. So I guess that's what he's saying there. But I do have, I just was now thinking about this. There's no record of the sin that we're ta- that he's talking about. So I was kind of curious about that. I mean, there's no way for us to know. But like, you know, you mentioned the girl with the adultery. You know, he was talking about that, not necessarily specific, that specific sin, but he had delivered her from, you know, that life of sin. Whereas in this instance, it's just a man who was uh, unable to walk, right? Mm-hmm. So I was, I was just, just that kind of struck me. Uh, De- Pastor Dwayne says seven more vile, even yeah. more vile than at first. He went back and got friends. And then Miss Joanne says, you fall away until you've fallen away. It doesn't happen all at once. I don't believe it does either. I think it's a slow thing. But once you get there, um, you know, it's kind of like in Acts 17, I think it was. I was trying to figure this out. He said, you know, and at times of ignorance, God winked at, but now commanded all men to repent everywhere because he had appointed a day in which he will judge the world and righteous by that man whom he obtained. But he's saying now that we know the truth, it's commanded of us to repent that there was seasons of ignorance when you didn't understand fully. But now that you do understand fully, I think the consequences of your denial or your betrayal or your falling away is more severe. I don't know if I have scripture for it, but I think there's enough evidence around other scripture to say and kind of give us that connotation. Mm-hmm. Um, that when you, it's like this, if, if, if Hannah didn't know to do something and she didn't do it, or she was supposed to do something, she, but she didn't know she was supposed to do it, and she messes up, I'll go up to her and say, Hannah, can we get this done, please? Yeah, sure. Now, if I go up to Hannah and say, can we get this done? And she just ignores it and says, no, thanks. I don't want to do that. Well, like if she was my kid, that's going to be more severe of a punishment because she knew now. Like there's nothing she can say. I didn't know. And I think for people who have experienced and encountered the truth, I think this is where Hebrews 6 is really coming influential. Because these are people who partook, tasted, and been enlightened, encountered all these things, but yet they denied, or they betrayed, or they went back, or they fallen away. And it said it's impossible to remove, renew them again to repentance. And I just yeah. see a real danger in that. And so I think sin no more or something more vile, I just feel like there's a connotation here that when we know the truth, we have greater responsibility to respond. That's true. Um, I just see... You know, we don't really see the sin that he's talking about, but I think that sin no more lest a worse thing come upon you 
that it's showing us what opening a door can do. Yeah. Um, and that goes along with that other scripture. Um, but sin is opening that door for even infirmities to come upon us. Because, you know, we talk about opening a door for torment and for, you know, other things. But, I I mean, here, to would you all agree that opening a door for... I mean, the worst thing that he's talking about could be something other than sickness. But... Yeah. In the context, you would think he's probably at least alluding to it. Yeah. I mean, because that's the whole point of the scripture right there is... He couldn't walk, and now he could walk. Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. Um, so, I don't know. What's the King? I wonder what the ESV reads there. That was the New King James. That was the New King James? Yeah. I knew I liked it. I knew I liked, liked the way it said. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. Uh, what's the study notes say on that? Um... Jesus met meets the man again in the temple, that is, the larger temple complex, rather than the actual building, a short distance from where the original healing had taken place. The pool of Bethesda is located just north of the temple mount. Sin no more may imply that the man's suffering was due to sin without suggesting that all suffering is due to personal sin. Right. And so... Because um, he dealt with that issue later on. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if it's later on. In another place, mm-hmm. when the, the people ask... Who sinned, mm-hmm. the father or the or the son? Or, you know, mm-hmm. And in that one, he said neither. Right, it was for the glory of God. Right. Yeah. So he basically he was saying that it, this kid is not uh, sick because of sin. Yeah, but this one it almost looks like it is something yeah. has caused it. Yeah, which we know that sin can cause that because we see it throughout the Old Testament, and <clears throat> we even see that you know, well, honestly, you know, David lost his son. Yeah. Um, because of or child, does it ever tell us what the child was, or just say child? I think child. I think just mm-hmm. child. I think it says just child too. Um, and so, because of his sin with Bathsheba, <coughs> but not every sin, not everything that happens is a result of sin. So right. yeah. we that's where we have to be careful. Sure, and we need to ask for this this sermon. And but also, I think this we talked about this last week. You know. You can have as much faith as you want to have, but if what you're facing is a result of sin, mm-hmm. and you need to repent of that sin, then you know if if something if you're holding on to something, I could say, well, God can do all things, but God's not going to bless your sin. And so, right. if you know, I, I I really do struggle with sometimes when we we expect God to be our genie in the bottle that we just rub, and He gets us out of the gets out of the mess, but we don't ever want to leave the mess. Mm-hmm. So we want you to clean up the repercussions of the mess with us staying in it. And I think that's almost making a mockery of the kingdom and making a mockery of God and treating him very disrespectfully and dishonorably. And I think it's a manifestation of just how much fear of the Lord we do not have in the church today. So uh-huh. A lot of the commentaries are saying that, you know, Jesus kind of knew the, knew, knew the cause of the, of the illness, the sickness, his, his um, not being able to walk. So it's just kind of a warning, you know, don't go back to it. Yeah. So that's what a lot of them were saying. Apparently that Jesus knew. Do you think it could be paralleled for application for today that you are doing something that's detrimental to your health? Mm -hmm. You get sick. God redeems you or heals you, saves you, whatever, Mm -hmm. delivers you from that. And he's saying, don't go back to that detrimental thing Mm -hmm. because something else could come upon or something Mm -hmm. worse. 
mm-hmm. and that is a sin. If we're doing something that's detrimental to our body and we know it, then yeah. that would be sinful to me because we're defiling the temple. Yeah. Um, so, well. That was good. I think we answered it. I don't know if it will, but we answered. Um, <laughs> we did good. Amen. Well, as always, we enjoy and are humbled by the fact you gave us your ear for two hours to help grow in the Word and stretch in Scripture. Um, anybody else got a final word for this morning? I don't know. Just don't go to the Witch Festival. <laughs> <laughs> well. Don't open those doors. <laughs> With that, we say yes and amen. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't fathom that when it gets me. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's like the family-friendly <laughs> drag shows they have, they advertise. Well, I mean, the problem is churches are endorsing both. Mm-hmm. Churches are endorsing both. And God help but us. But it started somewhere. Yeah. <clears throat> For instance, I'm calling names out sometimes. I don't call names out every time. But if you don't believe me, just look at what Andy Stanley's doing in his church right now. Just go to face. Go to Charles Stanley's son. Yes, go to oh, Lord of Mercy. Go to <laughs> go to Google right now on your phone. Type in Andy Stanley affirming conference, and look what's going on down there. And don't tell me that the church isn't endorsing everything there. So mm. we're out of here for this morning. Um, it's where we love you guys. We're humbled. Um, one more day, and then we start Sherathon. Yep. I'm excited. Come Wednesday. We love you. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.